Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. I'm your host, Mitch Friedman. Ideas have consequences, and every day you're exposed to ideas that promise human flourishing. Our mission here on the Pinocchio Project is to equip you to examine these everyday ideas so that you can determine for yourself whether or not they deliver on their promises. Welcome to the Pinocchio Project. This is your host, Mitch Friedman, joined by Jeff Olson, my sound engineer. Very excellent. And we are going to continue what we started with our last podcast, uh, what I would call, as a matter of fact, Image is Everything. In part one that dropped last time, uh, we talked about what it means to be human, which is the first really question that must be answered in building a worldview. Uh, where, what is my origin? Who am I? How did I get here? What does it mean to be human? Uh, we, we talked about from a biblical perspective, what it means to be human is to be primarily and magnificently that we are made in the image of God. And uh, we're going to unpack that a little bit more today. We did a very broad summary last time. Uh, and I, as I closed the episode last time, I basically just gave the, the, uh, the broad uh, definition. To be made in God's image or to be a human being is to be one who exists as a royal authority uh, under God's primary authority. And we are given specific attributes and responsibilities. And uh, so I want to continue and unpack that a little bit the definition of a human being or an image bearer being one who exists as a royal authority under God's authority with specific attributes and responsibilities. I want to remind us of our primary text here from the origin story in Genesis chapter 1. Sixth day of creation, uh, the first part of the day, God made creatures that move along the ground, and then he moved on to his uh, magnificent crown jewel, uh, his magnum opus, if you will that he uh, proclaimed as very good. Uh, verse 26 of Genesis 1, Then God said, Let us make mankind... Now, see how many times the word image appears here in this short section. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, which is a similar derivative of the word image, likeness is. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule. And, and to rule literally means not, not to dominate, not to abuse, uh, not to exhaust, but it, it means more appropriately have mastery of with knowledge of how to get the most out of it. Uh, so, so God is saying, you are going to have a stewardship over my creation, uh, over the animals uh, with, with knowledge so that you can maximize uh, the, the culture as you create it. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27, here we go again. So God created mankind in his own image. And this is a cyclical understanding of Semitic or ancient Oriental languages. It is a circle of reinforcement. Uh, we English speakers, we speak quickly and linearly. And once, we, once we're done with a concept, we don't come back to it generally. But the Semitic languages, which Hebrew is one, uh, continues to bathe and saturate uh, in, these, in these concepts and images. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. And here's the, here's the first and primary distinctive. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. 
fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea. Remember, rule uh, is to is to have mastery with knowledge of how flourishing occurs. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So, just to summarize what we know of of our origin story and our creation as God's royal authority under His authority, uh, I, I would couch our primary understanding now of our responsibility as this royal authority is to act as a steward. Uh, And a steward is one who is charged with the management of the possessions of another. Uh, So we are to act as God's steward because he is the owner of everything, being the creator of everything, Uh, now having mastery with knowledge. Act as a steward having mastery with knowledge of God's possession and under his authority. Uh, and as I, as I reflect on these truths, which I'm very familiar with, uh, if, I, if I can just kind of get out of the academic and the intellectual and the scholastic and you know playing with the languages and just realize my relationship to God and, and his, his, uh, his magnificent creation, uh, and that's really not cocky to say that. I mean, you look in the mirror and the first thing you should say is, man, God has designed a magnificent creation here. And then when you realize your responsibility uh, as a steward, having mastery with knowledge uh, under God's authority, uh, it's an overwhelming and a humbling and an unsettling privilege. Uh, and the question that rises in my soul is who is equal to such a task? And it's sort of a circular argument because the answer is the one who is equal to such a task is the one who is made in the image of the owner because he has equipped now the steward in every area of the dominion or the mastery that we are, we are to hold. And what I want to do for the, for the next few minutes is just have, I have two categories of, uh, of how we've been equipped and how we are to, uh, to exercise this stewardship. And the first one may be a little interesting to you uh, because it's not typically taught this way. But literally, the first recognition of who we are as made in God's image and now as a steward, uh, having mastery with knowledge under his authority, is that we are to operate physically and spiritually at the same time. Because we literally, among all of God's creation and all of the, the creatures on the ground, all the creatures in the sea, all the creatures in the sky, we alone are both physical and spiritual beings. We are physical bodies with spiritual attributes. We are tangible flesh with intangible attributes. And those, those, those non-tangible or non-physical or spiritual attributes are a mind that has cognition and self-awareness. We have reason we make decisions based on stimulus. We have a will. We have emotions. We have an understanding of what should be and what shouldn't be. That's morality and behavior. And we have an orientation to the divine. And that means that we have a longing, or, or, or maybe, maybe I could put it this way, an intense need and curiosity to understand and connect to the divine or the divine mind, or we would say our creator. So 
the first understanding and recognition of who we are as human beings and as stewards having mastery with knowledge under God's authority is that we operate as physical and non-physical or spiritual beings. And we've been given these, these attributes now in an integrated whole, in a bodily uh, form, so that we can properly exercise our stewardship. And as we get more specific now, as we operate physically and spiritually as stewards, then we get into the, to the nitty-gritty of what it means to form and fill the earth and have dominion and create culture, which is the, the essence of our baseline text in Genesis chapter 1, uh, verses 26 and 27, and, and finalizing in the mandate culturally of Genesis 28, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. And so that's a daily exercise of our stewardship. And so if you look at our unique design, male and female, and you look into Genesis 2 and you see marriage formed and you see the essence of what God calls man and woman to do in the garden, which is to work and create culture and fill the earth and be fruitful and multiply, then we have to understand that we are the ones who promote and uphold and protect the unique dignity, design, and purpose that God has assigned to us. And we need to encourage other image bearers to do the same. And any idea of what it means to act out as a human that doesn't include uh, the exercise of our physical and spiritual responsibilities and the upholding and protecting of the unique dignity, design, and purpose of image bearers is a bad idea. And what, what do we say about ideas? Uh, bad ideas have victims, and those victims are typically involved in marriage and family, I would say erosion or destruction. Good ideas on human flourishing are couched in our understanding of our responsibilities as stewards to exercise, uphold, and protect the unique dignity, design, and purpose of image bearers uh, as we go about our business of daily creating culture. And that includes upholding and protecting the unique dignity and design and purpose of gender, uh, which is something we really took for granted as like, a, that's a duh, uh, up until just, you know, a few years ago. And as we've talked a lot on the Pinocchio Project, it's not, it's not an idea that just occurred overnight that we, sh we could be fluid, quote unquote, in our gender. Uh, but this is something that is so key today that's enslaving image bearers. And we, as stewards of God's possession, realize that other image bearers are God's possession and we need to protect them. We, we need to affirm their dignity and design and purpose as it was designed and assigned by the Creator. Uh, we need to uphold and protect the unique dignity, design, and purpose of marriage. And what we've said before, maybe ad nauseum, but I'm getting up on that Ad is that like a horse in the Kentucky Derby? And now in gate five, ad nauseum. Let's get up on that horse again. A marriage is something that is not legislated. It is pre-law, and it is designed for a man and a woman to come together inseparably. Genesis chapter 2, cleave like an axe blade so sharp it is embedded in a tree and can't be pulled out so that the children of this union are so confident and so secure that mom and dad are inseparable, that they grow up in that security and reproduce it. 
and we as image bearers are to uphold and protect the unique dignity, design, and purpose of biblical marriage. Uh, Here's one that you may not often consider, but it comes right out of the origin story, the unique dignity, design, and purpose of work. Uh, Work is a gift. Work is something that was assigned to us before the fall, before the problem, uh, where thorns and thistles came in. But nonetheless, the mandate and the dignity remains. Work is a privilege. And that's something you have an opportunity in the Western culture, especially in America right now. Uh, there, there seems to be a dearth of work or, or workers or desire to work. And for, for an image bearer who's designed to work, who won't work, that just means a shriveling of the soul will follow. And so I just wanted to point out those kind of nuts and bolts of what it means to operate as a steward under God's authority, having mastery of his domain, uh, his possession, uh, with knowledge of how flourishing happens. Uh, We talk a lot about what it means to uh, be image bearers. We throw the term around a lot, and I just wanted to spend a couple episodes uh, refreshing that vision. Um, So uh, that's probably going to be it for this. Uh, I could go on for several episodes with the unique uh, dignity, design, and purpose of image bearers, and maybe I will. But I think this is going to be it. And as we move into the Thanksgiving season, I want to remind you that uh, uh, come season three, which will begin in early 2023, we have a new format coming on the Pinocchio Project, one where we can be not only heard, but seen as well. And I hope you're not disappointed. I don't know. I have to get a new quaff. Have you quaffed lately? Not too much. No. I don't have much to quaff, but I'll try you do have a good-looking beard. Jeff and I, do you mind if we just take a minute and mutually affirm each other? So, yeah, look for that new format in early 2023. And until next time, this is Mitch Friedman signing off. Thanks so much for being with us on the Pinocchio Project today. If this podcast has value for you, please subscribe or follow. Give us a five-star rating and share If you have an everyday idea you'd like to submit for us to examine, simply email us at pinocchioprojectpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at pinocchiopod, or you can hit the links in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening, and remember, your everyday ideas have significant consequences.